Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast episode 412. Hello, listeners. What's going on with you? I am Jen Kirkman. I am your host. I am a comedian. I am an author. I am a podcaster. And this is where I come just to be me. No editing, no writing jokes out and memorizing punchlines. This is the real me. I'm coming every week to talk to you about what's going on in my life. Sometimes in the world and sometimes in my head. Hope you've subscribed to this podcast and I hope you've given it five stars wherever you subscribe. Apple Podcasts is the best place to do that. Write a five-star review, blah, 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 all the things. Now, if you were a Patreon subscriber, you would have gotten 10 minutes of this episode already, the video version, and seen me with my new no fun sign in my new place in Brooklyn. And uh, you can join that. You can click the link in the show notes, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Why not this month of November when the holiday budget is tight for everyone? Think about me. It's tight for me too. <laughs> join my Patreon. That didn't make any sense. Oh, how was your Halloween, everybody? I know that uh, there has been an episode of this podcast that came out since Halloween, but I don't think I talked about my Halloween Did I tape this episode? When did I tape this episode? When did I tape the one for November? I think it was before Halloween. Anyway, I don't even know. I can't remember, but I don't think I talked about what I did on Halloween. Did I? No. Anyway, I was, uh, you know, I have moved to Brooklyn for a while, but I went back to LA for a few days. I just 
It's a whole thing. I had to go back for a few days. But one of those days that I was back was Halloween and my friend Sarah Colonna and I went to our friend Chris Frangiola's house. He's got a wife, a white picket fence, a kid. It's perfect to go to his place on Halloween. And we sat outside and we handed out candy and I came in hot. I bought this glow-in-the-dark candy. I was so excited. Now, Chris and Liz said, we don't need any candy. We have enough. But I've been to their house every year except last year during COVID. And they get hundreds of kids. It's just these waves. I mean, it never stops. Starting at 5 p.m. even before the sun is down. And I said, I I think they're going to need more candy. So I went to CVS and I bought, I don't know, 10 bags of all kinds of candy. And I thought, let's go for fun ones. And there was Reese's peanut butter cups that had Reese's pieces in them. I mean, what? Snickers brownie. Then there was uh, some other kind of Reese's thing that the the packaging was black with green and it said it was going to glow in the dark. And so I came over and I dumped it in their big candy bin that was outside. And Chris was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had this all arranged. It's going to look nice. I'm like, nobody cares. It's kids. They're going to come put their grubby hands in it and just start grabbing And he goes, but your stupid glow-in-the-dark candy looks like off-brand candy. And I said, but it's not. It's Reese's. Look at it. It's glow-in-the-dark. You're going to be sorry when the sun sets, which, by the way, it should have set already. Don't even get me started on when George Bush changed daylight saving time. I think it's saving time. I say savings time, and somebody pointed that out on my Instagram. And you know what? Good for you. You know the right word. Go on. Go on. Give yourself a round of applause. I'm still going to say savings. Anyway, we'll get back into the the dark versus the light trick-or-treating atmosphere. Oh my God, I'm jonesing for candy right now after just saying that I'm a sugar-aholic. And I, if I have one piece, I have a hundred. So it's just better that I don't have any. And of course I had a hundred on Halloween. And that's probably why Chris ran out of candy, but I was only eating my, I was only eating from my own stash. He would not let me put more in his bin that he had outside. So I said, fine, I will keep my bags of candy in the little bag that I brought with me. And I just kept dipping into that. But anyway, I was humiliated because the candy never glowed and it got perfectly dark out. It was eight 30 at night. No glow. Was I supposed to put it under light, like like an LED? I don't know. But it never glowed in the dark. And then I went on the internet because, I don't know, I, I guess that, that, that's how my mind works. So I, I'm going to look this up. And I Googled the glow-in-the-dark candy. And yep, that was the biggest complaint. It was on Amazon mainly. People were saying, this actually doesn't glow. I wish I'd looked it up at CVS. But you know what? I'm eternally hopeful. If I had seen, if I had Googled, does this really glow in the dark when I was at CVS, I would have said, even if I read all the reviews that it didn't, I would have been like, I think mine will though. I think mine will. I went and got a massage last night at this place in my neighborhood and there were a million amazing reviews and one bad one that was like, this place, if you want to feel like you're getting beaten up, then go to this place. I had bruises on my back and it hurt and I'm like, perfect. That's the kind of massage I want. And I went... And uh, it wasn't as bad as the woman said, but it was actually, I think they did hurt me because now I have like kind of a pain (laughs) under my shoulder and uh, because they were doing that like stretching business. And I'm like, can you just not, just don't, just massage. We don't need to do the stretching. Great story, Jen. Tell me more about that massage. Um, So, so then... 
I have this alarm on my phone that, I mean, not on my phone, on my keychain. It's like, I guess, sort of a reap whistle where it's like this little thing and you pull it out and it's like, woo, woo. It's insanely loud. Um, you know what? I'm going to get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my keychain. Hang on. Cause this, this will make a good story. Hang on. Everybody get ready to, if you have headphones in, take them out. Hang on one sec. reminder, I should put this on my, I should put this on my New York keychain. Okay. So I have an air horn in my purse that I keep in LA because that was, uh, I sometimes hike really early in the morning and there's coyotes and I use an air horn to scare them off. And one time I was at lunch with Sarah and Chris and I was like, guys, I'm vaxxed, I'm relaxed and I'm ready. This was pre-Delta. And then I stood up and stepped on my air horn and it was like, and it just was, I don't know why it was funny. Yeah, had to be there. And so Sarah was saying, do you remember when, oh, so I was, Sarah and I were leaving Chris's house and I'll tell you where we went in a minute. So I grabbed my purse and I like grabbed my keys and Sarah goes, do you remember? And I said, guys, this has been great. Um, now Sarah and I are going somewhere else now. And uh, she's like, do you remember when we went out and you were like confidently getting up and saying, I'm vaxxed, I'm relaxed. And then you stepped on an air horn. <laughs> I was like, I know. And then as I was saying that, I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. I'm such an idiot. I was like, well, I don't have the air horn in my purse right now. And then... Everyone's like, what's happening? (laughs) It's this. And that thing that you pull out of the keychain to make that noise if someone's following you, it fell out and it was dark out and I couldn't see my keychain. No thanks to that candy that wasn't glowing in the dark. Uh, I couldn't find it. And the the thing itself is a flashlight. So I'm, I'm like flashing the thing on the ground, trying to find the little peg that fell out. And it, it should be easy to find, but it has a black strap on it. And the thing is like, and like little kids are coming up and everyone's looking and they're like, is that some kind of Halloween, like some weird Halloween decoration, that like some audio sound that they think is fun. And people are like putting their fingers in their ears. And Chris is like, what are you doing at my house? Why, why are you making my neighborhood go insane? And I'm like, I can't find the thing. And then I found it. But it was a long time. And I know that that was very loud, but I did warn you guys. I'm an idiot. You never, you never know what's going to happen when you invite me to hang out. But so then Sarah and I went to a thing in, in our neighborhood, this wine bar that we love. It's interesting. It's not interesting, but there's two wine bars in where we live. She lives in Sherman Oaks. I live in Studio City. The one near me is the sister wine bar owned by the same people as the one near her. Like one is literally around the corner from me and one is literally around the corner from her. Isn't that cute? So um, we went to the one near her. They were having wine tasting with candy pairings. I mean, you can't even believe it. So it was like, I don't like Chardonnay, but it was like a Chardonnay with some kind of like, you know, juicy berry candy and then like this dark chocolate thing with a red wine. And they give you like, you know, it's like a quarter of a glass of each. It was like, that was enough. We had some candy, moved on with our lives, went to bed early and it was great. But I mean, I was so 
I had like a candy hangover the next day. My stomach was like, why did you do this? I mean, I ate so much fucking candy. And I still have not gotten that sugar vibe. Like I could, I could go outside right now and I could be at a deli in 90 seconds and I could buy candy, but I won't. I won't. Sugar is crappy for the immune system. It causes wrinkles. It's just bad for you all around. I don't need candy except on Halloween. Okay, saying that helped. But anyway, I never know what the fuck kids are on Halloween. I'm like, I'm too old. I don't know. I don't watch. Some kid was dressed as a YouTube influencer. I don't even know. I mean, I know what a YouTube influencer is, but I just was like, well, who is the influencer? Is this appropriate? One kid was dressed as some kind of DJ. These are children. And then some just like teenagers in sweatpants, trick or treat, which by the way, give teenagers candy. If they're the type of kids that are not causing trouble and they're just wearing sweatpants and they're not dressed up, they're probably, first of all, like totally self-conscious and probably want to dress up, but they don't have a party to go to. And, you know, because it's actually a school night, it's, you know, a Sunday night Halloween, just let them walk around in sweatpants. You know, maybe they're dressed as someone working from home during COVID. I'm big into if you walk by and you want candy, you get fucking candy. There's no rules. If you're an adult, get some fucking candy. I'm not a jerk, you know? And maybe a lot of kids are self-conscious and they feel stupid dressing up. Let them come by in sweatpants. Don't be like, what's wrong with that kid? That's your that's your tip for next Halloween. I am a candy uh, I don't even know what the word is. Just give everyone candy. I am the, I am the Jesus of candy. Just let it, let it multiply. It did multiply. When I showed up, there was more candy because I brought it with me. Let me know your opinions. What do you think about people who come to the door that you think are too old or not in a costume? I mean, you know, you give them candy. You know that you wouldn't be like, no, you can't have any or, or do you? I seem fun at gmail.com. I really do want to hear your stories. And what I don't want to hear is your weird personal emails to me about something that has nothing to do with the podcast. I just read one and I'm sure this guy is listening and please, you don't need to write me back and apologize. I already deleted it. I don't know your name, but somebody was like, I heard you talk about that. You have asthma and bronchitis. I can help you with that. I'm like, the fuck did I say a bronchitis? I haven't had bronchitis in, I don't know, years. I had a bronchial infection which was in November of 2019. And I'm pretty sure uh, it was some bizarre thing that was going around and I don't need help with it. I have a pulmonologist and that was two years ago. So if you, uh, and I don't have everyday asthma. I have had asthma mildly since I was a kid. And when I get sick, it tends to go bronchial. So what I did was I got myself a pulmonologist and he fixed it in the sense of I now have preventative inhalers that are very specific to people with reactive bronchioles. Uh, I just want to remind everyone, I'm a grown woman with the most amazing health insurance, and I'm extremely curious about my health. I'm extremely health conscious, and I'm extremely interested in living till I'm 100. I do not fuck with my health. If something is wrong and I talk about it, please understand that I'm doing something about it. I'm never sitting around going, I hope someone emails me. And I know, Gugu Jen, you could be doing everything about it, but maybe this person can really help. No. That's not what I do. I, I have a strict boundary with anyone who emails me. 
please, guys, we've got to get in, out of this codependent relationship that y'all are in. I'm not. Just enjoy the fucking show. And, and if someone's talking about something, please try to hear what they're saying. And instead of, like, I say the word asthma, someone's like, oh, my God, I got, I got to help. I can help. And it's like, I probably told a story about two years ago I had asthma. Or my, like, please, 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 people. And if I'm talking about, and you don't even know, man, I might be lying half the time about things. Like, who knows? Just everyone enjoy the show. I don't need help. I do need help, but I like a, an appropriate adult have people in my life in every category that help me. You guys, the way you help me is you tune in and you laugh. This is a numbers game. The amount of people that subscribe to the free podcast, keep the ads going which gives me an opportunity to maybe make a couple hundred bucks a month. The people who subscribe to the Patreon literally pay my bills and they keep me doing the podcast because if it was just, if there weren't a Patreon, I wouldn't do this podcast anymore. So I'm, I'm really telling, because it used to just be an advertisement for touring, but now that the Patreon is the tour, like, you know, but um, that's all you guys need to do is listen and either join the Patreon or don't. And then use the email to weigh in on topics about the show. That's it. And I hate that I have to spend time saying this, but I don't like to write back to people anymore because it gets into too much of a back and forth thing. And it's like, y'all just enjoy the show. My God, take the pressure off yourselves to fix strangers. Come on, people. Okay, great. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. So on Halloween this year, so I was with my friends. Now, I will tell you a dorky thing I did because I... So I was so mad though because I guess Steve Buscemi, Buscemi, who... Buscemi? I need to write her and tell her to say his name. Um, he lives in my neighborhood-ish, like maybe, you know, half a mile away, maybe a mile. So is that in my neighborhood? No, but it's called the same thing. Like the prospect, he's in like a prospect, he's in Park Slope, I'm in Brooklyn Heights, whatever. So, you know, that Steve Buscemi meme, that's like him with a skateboard, but being older going, how are you doing fellow kids? He dressed up like that. And he was sitting on his front stoop, giving out candy. And this is what I love about New York celebrities. They really are down to earth. I really just love that. And I was seeing on Twitter that people were running into him and taking pictures with him. And I'm like, if I had seen that, I would have run over there. Although by the time it's on Twitter, you know, he's probably inside, whatever. But, but I was in LA. So anyway, but what I did now, please don't make, you guys know, I'm a huge fan of Ethan Hawke, the actor. If anyone knows him and tells him this, I will go insane. So, so please don't. But I happen to know that he lives in my neighborhood. Now, why do I know this? Because one day I was looking up 
coffee shops in my neighborhood, like before I moved here. And there was this article that was like 10 best coffee shops in, you know, my neighborhood. It was in Jen's neighborhood was the article. Just kidding. And they're like, oh, there's this one that's actually an Italian restaurant, but they really, you can go in and get a coffee in the morning. And they're like, you didn't hear it from me, but Ethan Hawke is a regular at this restaurant, especially in the mornings. And I was like, he lives in that area. So I Googled his name and the area of town, which is, um, well, I, 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 listen, I'm not going to get into it. If you want to figure it out, you can figure it out. And it just said his address. And I'm like, oh my God. And this restaurant is literally like half a block away. So I went to the, from him and it's, uh, I don't know, a short walk from me. So I went to this restaurant one night for dinner, um, weeks ago and it was fantastic. Fantastic. It was one of the nights that I'd been working with my handy woman here and like we were putting all the stuff together and I was exhausted and I was like, I'm going to go eat a bunch of pasta. And it was some of the, it was incredible and it was homemade, blah, blah, blah. So as I'm walking back, I'm like, all right, well now I know his address and I see his brownstone and it just has these shit ass. If you're thinking about like what a celebrity might do in Los Angeles, you know, where they, they rent someone, they rent a designer to put up their Halloween directions and directions, decorations. And they go, they, they go all out. Like this was just like a carved jack-o'-lantern and like maybe sort of like a ghost thing hanging totally just like I went to the party store or CVS, bought one thing, and then we carved a pumpkin. And his kids are older, so I don't know who he's doing this for. So I just appreciated that a celebrity had this kind of like, eh, like not so great Halloween display. And then I just kept walking and I felt like a fucking weirdo and tried not to look in the windows. I don't know. I guess it's not that embarrassing, but it's only embarrassing because, you know, he's a real person on earth that, that acts. And, uh, I just really love his acting and I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. And I, I don't know. I I wish I were, I don't even know, like, like a serious actor like him. So I could, I don't even, what would, would happen if I was, Oh, I guess I could be cast in something with him and we could have like a big discussion about acting. (laughs) But I don't know what I think. Am I going to walk down the street and he's going to come outside and go, hi, and we're just going to give the like, you know, neighborhood nod. And then he's going to go, are you interested in having an in-depth conversation about acting? And I'm going to go, you know, I am. And I'm not trying to be like a weird celebrity stalker. I don't have a crush on you. I mean, you are really cute in those like after sunset and before midnight and all those movies. But like, it's really not about that for me. I just find you endlessly fascinating. And I love your journey. And I'd love to talk to you about how you prepared for John Brown. And what did you do about your vocal cords? Cause they must've been ripped. You know? Um, I mean, I can find these answers and read interviews, but I'm not, I want to have the conversation. I want him to talk my ear off at the Italian restaurant. And you know, that I should rent myself out to people like that. Like, I don't want to have an affair with him, but you know, his wife must be like, God, I'm tired of you. Would you stop talking? Just, I'll just sit there and you can just go off and tell me about your day at work. And I will listen because I'm fascinated with your acting. So I don't know, maybe I'll knock on the door and ask if his wife's there and just be like, in the most non-sexual way, um, you can send your husband out to dinner across the street with me. You can even, you know, watch. I'm not going to pull anything. I'm just, I find him fascinating. And most people wouldn't want to just sit and, and listen to someone talk to them. I mean, yes, you listen to this podcast, but in real life, if I was sitting and talking to you, I would obviously let you respond, but he wouldn't even have to respond. 
I mean, I wouldn't even have to respond. He, he just like, don't even ask me about me. Just tell me more about what was on set like and how did you prepare that scene and tell me more. I know I'm like, people don't email me stuff. And then I'm like, I found the address of Ethan Hawke and walked down the street, but I, I think it's different. <laughs> I think it's different. Is it different? Oh God, my fake assistant, Tyler, is fucking hard at work. It's so funny. There's this guy that kept emailing me saying, I'm dying of cancer. Can you please send me um, a signed headshot and some free DVDs of your standup? Now, I don't even have DVDs in my standup. A signed headshot, like, well, I don't even have one. Like, no. And I was just like, this guy's not dying of cancer. I just don't believe it. I can smell bullshit when it's bullshit. And he kept emailing the I Seem Fun address. And I'm like, this is even a listener of the podcast. They're not even mentioning my work. They're just like, send me a thing. And these people sell this stuff on eBay. That's all they're trying to do. Um, and they're bad at it because you're not going to get any money from my picture. Trust me. Because people have told me, I saw your picture on eBay. A signed picture of you. And it, no one was bidding on it. Yeah, I know. How'd they get that, you ask? Because every once in a while you do a show or a festival and there's all these autograph hounds that wait outside and they, they've printed up a professional picture of you. And they're like, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, no, you're not. Huge fans don't do this. And I'm like, I know you're going to sell this on eBay. And I sign it and I go, good luck. You will make no money. And you will, like, I do it just to be like, contact me and let me know that I was right, you know? Anyway, so then... I have an email set up for my fake assistant, Tyler, this same guy, because I recognize his address because he's emailed me so many times. He just sends the most respectful email to Tyler. No mention that he's dying of cancer. He must have had a brilliant miracle recovery. And he's like, hello, I would like to request a headshot of Jen Kirkman. I'm like, God, people are so nice to this fake guy, um, as opposed to me where I get all the weird creepers. Great story, Jen. Do you have any more about people that you don't believe are dying of cancer? No, I don't actually. That was the last one. Hey, so I did stand up for the first time on a stage since March 2020. I did three shows with Chelsea Handler in Rochester, Buffalo, and Syracuse. And uh, yeah, I got on stage again and and I would tell you all about it, but that is just for my Patreon subscribers. They got like five or six extra bonus episodes. They got videos of me backstage putting together a set list. Even some levels got uh, the $10 level got me, got an entire set, like 20 minute set, um, audio, uh, $5 level got some things. Uh, the $10 level got videos of me and Chelsea hanging out and stuff backstage and me showing you what I do during the day on tour, which is lay in bed and talk to you. So you'll have to join the Patreon for that one. I will put the link in the show notes. But yeah, if you want to hear how it was to get back on stage again, you got paid for. So I want to talk about that article where it's like Gen Z in the workplace is like, we're going to do things differently. And you know, elder millennials feel too old and Gen X feels old, but I, I like don't have the patience for it right now, but I just know that I know that article is out there and we will talk about it. We will talk about it. Uh, if you want to check out my other podcast, Anxiety Bites, I suggest you do. It's everywhere you find your podcasts, everybody. And I will put a link in the show notes as well. And also the Christmas merchandise is back in my store. So if you want a Carol Brady Christmas-themed mug or pillow to decorate your home with, 
there's something there uh, for you. Um, my sweatshirts and tote bags that say it's the most wonderful time of the year. All of that on sale now. I'll put a link in the show notes and... I'm donating in November and December 10% of all my proceeds that I earn to the Anxiety and Depression Association in honor of my new podcast, Anxiety Bites. Are you feeling too schlubby for sex? This is a new article that's in the Wall Street Journal. I saw it on Twitter. I don't have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. I'm not a jerk finance person. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there is, let's be honest. Okay. So, oh, to read the full story, subscribe. Oh, forget it. Why do I do this? I send myself links and I don't even see if it's a full thing. Well, I think we can figure it out. One evening while watching Netflix with her husband, Nicole something worked up her nerve and asked him something terrifying. Why don't you want to have sex with me? She knew her body had changed during the pandemic. She'd had a baby right before it started, and then she spent months snacking and working from home. Countless nights snuggled with her family in front of the TV, binging on chips and cookies has also taken its toll, and now she was wondering if she wasn't turning her husband on. This woman, Elizabeth Bernstein, wrote, I wrote about how the pandemic habits are continuing to damper sexual desire, and I give some advice from the experts, which is just start touching. From a business owner in Los Angeles who tries to never be naked in front of her boyfriend after gaining weight to a realtor in Pittsburgh who sleeps in a separate room from his husband, sexual desire is lower than it's been during the pandemic. Now, I mean, I guess I never talk about my life in this way. I used to, but I just seem so stupid. But I am, I'm like completely celibate right now. I mean, not on purpose and not not on purpose. It's just not even a thought in my brain to me. Coupling up or even like doing anything with anyone is... um is as foreign to me right now as having a child. It's just like, I'm not lonely. It doesn't dawn on me. I'm not like jumping out of my skin. Like I want to get with someone. I think it's just like a holdover from the pandemic. And also just, I've been so busy and I'm at a different phase in my life. And I think we just go through phases sometimes. And so I think it's one of those things, like even if I were in a relationship of 15 years, this would probably be the time when I'm not that into anything and like kind of just want to assert myself as an individual and like don't really care about like touching and whatever. And uh, I like, I think you know, what people think that single people are always like constantly lonely or needing to be touched or whatever. And I think it's like, we go through the same cycles that you go through in a relationship, which it's like, sometimes you really want that companion and sometimes you don't. And it sucks when you have a companion and you have to be like, I'm in that phase right now, you know, it takes a strong partner to let you go through that. So, um, I am my own strong partner. And so I am fine with me going through it. Now, uh, eventually I'll, I'll get back out there again, but I just have set aside this time to not be back out there in terms of like open to dating. Now, if someone just like walks in the door, um, actually that might be terrifying, but you know, I mean, literally in the emotional door, but you know, it, if a friend's like, oh, I have someone for you to meet, like, oh, okay, you know, that that would be fine. Uh, there's no uh, saying no to things and there's no hard and fast decisions or I hate this or I'm not doing that. Nothing like that. It's just like, it's not dawning on me lately. You know, um, what's so good about my age though is my friends are, are not in that place of, let's talk about dating because they know that I'm so secure in myself and I'm in such a good place in life that it would actually be boring to ask me about that. Like I'll let them know if there's anything going on. And, and, you know, a couple of times, like I have like done some coffee dates over the summer, but it just didn't amount to anything. Cause I just wasn't into it. And, and I just wasn't in that headspace. Um, 
but you know, and I told my friends about it, it was almost like the most boring part of our conversation where it was just like, nobody cares anymore. And I mean that in the best of ways where there's just something about when you get in your late forties and just people in relationships are like, God, I'm so happy in mine, but I can't imagine trying to look. And if I didn't have this person, I'd probably just do nothing. And I'm like, exactly. And they're like, oh, I get it. You know, we all kind of get it. Um, which is really cool because there's nothing more annoying than people in relationships thinking that you're unhappy. And sometimes you are, and that's fine. And and you should talk to your friends about it. But if you're really not and not in a defensive way, it can be very annoying that, that people, but I think my friends have are old enough that they've been together long enough to be like, oh, right. Like we're so happy. We don't want to be with any, anyone else. But at the same time, um, Sometimes we just want time apart or I don't know. It feels like after the pandemic, nobody was like, how come you're not meeting anyone? Like it was like they suddenly did not value having someone in the house 24-7 anymore. (laughs) Anyway, are you guys feeling too schlubby for sex? You know what's funny is I don't feel schlubby. I was feeling schlubby most of the year, but I swear to God with all of this like moving and movement and walking, I have a feeling I've lost weight. I haven't gotten on the scale because... If I haven't, like I know number wise, it doesn't matter, but I gained enough weight that like, if not one pound has moved, I'll just go, well, that's depressing. And it'll like, so I'm just not going to weigh myself. Just going to go by how clothes fit, which I know is what we're supposed to do anyway. Blah, blah, boring. Who cares? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there feeling unexpectedly hotter than they thought post-pandemic, or it's not even post-pandemic, but I guess it's like post-huge lockdown and post-vaccine. So, I mean, it is possible that we're able to go places and do things and feel relatively safe. So is anyone like, oh my God, I didn't think I'd be feeling so hot by now. I thought it would take longer. Or is anyone like, I can't believe I still feel schlubby. I was supposed to have my shit together. And it doesn't even mean weight. I'm not even saying like extra weight's bad, but just like, I don't know if you haven't like I don't know, dyed your hair or cut your toenails or whatever it is. Like if you're just, your grooming hasn't gotten back, like how are you feeling? Whether you're single single or coupled, I want to hear it. I seem fun at gmail.com. See, I've given you two topics, the Halloween candy. Do you, do you give it out to people or do you feel schlubby? What's going on with that? And see, you don't need to write me weird things about how you can help me with stuff. You can just answer the questions I sent. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No, I'm going to get the weirdest fucking emails, I swear to God. Oh, I swear to God, I'm going to get the weirdest fucking emails. <laughs> oh, should I watch Succession? Everyone's saying I should. I probably will. I just, I, I just this time of year, I can't watch anything because I'm watching all the Hallmark movies. Oh my God, so I have an update on my Hallmark movie. Again, as I said, it airs Sunday, December 19th at 8 p.m. It's called Tis the Season to be Merry. Now, I got the final script and it has been rewritten a lot. But the basic, the basic of it, like the love relationship obviously happens. Uh, She's writing a book about how to find the one. And the book 
In my version, she actually is engaged and then realizes they're not a match. She'd been kind of forcing it. And she has a big breakup and she goes to Vermont with her editor slash best friend. And they're like, what are we going to do? We have to pull the book from being published because I'm not really engaged now. And she ends up, you know, falling in love with her best friend's brother. And I remember Hallmark being like, you know, can she be sort of like, these are the rules, these are the rules. And I, I, I tried to follow that, but the, the way this guy rewrote it, it was very much like, oh, it, it seemed more to their original vision. You know, I just had to take my stab at it. Um, it's different. They don't have her engaged in it. They, one character is completely non-existent. I had the editor best friend having like a goofy husband who always says the wrong thing at the wrong time. I thought he was a funny comic relief character who, whatever. Um, there's a big moment that used culminated on like a, uh, Instagram type app that's now not there, but they have her doing things that are all about social media. So I thought they might've kept that in there because I was like, oh, I see they're planting the seed about social media earlier in the script. That's smart. And then it didn't end up the way I thought. And I was like, wait, what? So there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, "Mm, I don't agree. Oh, you should have kept that in. That was fun. And then there's other stuff where I go, oh yeah, I could have moved that scene along a lot faster. I'm glad they rewrote it. But there's one scene that I can't believe they kept in, which involves like accidentally getting into the same bed together. And I'm like, hey, that's mine. And then there's a thing called a Christmas tree auction, which I invented. And the big Christmas tree auction scene, which used to be the ending of the movie, is now in the middle. But it's like exactly as written. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty proud of that. I invented a thing. It's usually like the tree lighting or the, you know, the whatever. But the Christmas tree auction... Um, it's a good idea. And anyway, you'll have to watch the movie, but what I know I'm promoting my Patreon a lot. I'm really sorry, you guys. It's the end of the year financial crunch, but there's going to be, so every month on my Patreon, the $10 level and up, they get two short bonus episodes a month and they get the video version of every episode, but they also get one long episode a month, audio extra. And so right before Christmas, I'm going to the episode I'm going to do is I'm going to have watched my Christmas movie and I'm going to tell you everything that was my idea and everything that wasn't and what I liked or didn't like about it. So that is going to be available to the $10 level people and up in the month of December. But as it stands, um, I faced the scary moment of reading the script, the, they call it the final production script and going, okay, I'm a little bummed that like not a lot of Jen is in here, but there's actually enough that it's like, that I feel satisfied with. Like rewrites on movies are such a thing where, you know, so many people have their name on a movie and they really, at the end of the day, like most of it was rewritten, you know? So it's, it's a process. And I think you've got to be kind of, you know, it was my first time out with Hallmark. And I think you kind of have to be further up in their stable of movie writers to you know, get most of your words on air. So I I shouldn't be too hard on myself. Um, I already have a couple other ideas. I think I might want to pitch them. We'll see. But there, yeah, there was like part of me that was like, oh, okay. Um, The rewrite will be like barely anything. It'll just be a few production things that they couldn't afford. So they had someone rewrite some scene or, you know, whatever. Um, But they didn't. And so part of me thought, oh, well, maybe they'll, it'll be like 90% me and they'll fall in love with it and I'll have the biggest ratings of the season and I'll become 
like this in-demand Hallmark Christmas movie writer, which is the, like the weirdest dream to have because it's not a high paying job, but it's like maybe they'll want me to rank two movies in the next you know year. I'm I don't know. I don't. I don't even have two fully like completed out ideas. You know, um, I I don't know what my problem is. So anyway, um, oh, I just had an idea. Not for the movie. Well, actually, yeah, for something else. Uh, the that she has no one left. Okay. I'm not giving that idea that I just, it's an old idea I had that um, I want to pitch to a different network. Anyway, okay, so there you go. So there's the excitement. Um, I have a Christmas movie that will be airing and you can hear all about it if you join, if you join the Patreon. Now, let's get to some listener emails. Let's see what you guys, besides the weird things people are writing. <laughs> I'm so mean. Why am I mean? Why am I mean? Jen. Oh, so the other day I'm reading on Twitter that Big Bird got the vaccine. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Good for Big Bird. I'm glad the Muppets are being safe in Sesame Street. And then I tweeted, why did it take Big Bird so long to get the vaccine though? Because I thought he was an adult. Big Bird. It's not child. His name's not child bird, although big isn't a word for an adult. But when you're a kid, it is like, right? I mean, I don't know, maybe not. But anyway, so then everyone wrote back, because he's a kid, and it wasn't approved. Like, people getting super mad. And I'm like, okay, okay, I know the vaccine was just approved for kids. I should have put two and two together. I get it. Your kids haven't been able to get it. It's been hard. People, it's not fucking tweet about Big Bird. And then I wrote, okay, I didn't know Big Bird was a kid. And then people are like, honestly, how could you not remember that? I'm like, honestly, I'm 47. I didn't even watch Sesame Street 40 years ago. It would have been too old. It would have been seven. So I watched it when I was four or five. Do you have, I mean, sorry, maybe I had a traumatic childhood. I don't know. I don't have any fucking memories from when I was four years old. I know I watched Sesame Street. I can remember the songs, but I wasn't like in depth thinking that Big Bird was a kid or an adult. Also, I was a kid. So if something was a bird, I wasn't even thinking about gender or age. And it just like, I don't know. I thought it was a, whatever. And everyone's like, um, hello. He had an imaginary friend, Snuffleupagus. So obviously he was a kid. I'm like, I don't know. Can adults have imaginary friends? I thought he was just like a weird kind of like stunted emotionally bird. <laughs> I don't, if I really had to think about it, I don't remember what I thought when I was four. I'm sorry. And then the other people were like, I'm literally your age. And I know that he's a kid. I'm like, good for you. Good for you. I was joking about the traumatic childhood, by the way, in case my mother's listening. Why do you say that on the air? I'm joking. I'm saying there is no explanation for why my brain did not comprehend that Big Bird was not a kid, but it is a Twitter scandal. I mean, I didn't turn it into one and get mean to people, but there was a impassioned responses. I mean, I don't know if Dave Chappelle has caught this much flack about his obsession with trans people. You would have thought I wrote something horrendous like his uh, special. I just said, I didn't know Big Bird was a kid. Oh my God, the things you don't know. I am unfollowing. <laughs> and even Snuffleupagus being as an imaginary friend, like I'm trying to go back into my kid brain here and I'm like, okay, there's Snuffleupagus and I get it. I think I remember other adults saying, I don't see anything there. Who are you talking to, Bird? I don't remember. But even back then, I wasn't like, because I know they people were saying, and I already knew this, but not to brag, but I already knew this, but they they took away the fact that Snuffleupagus was imaginary because 
they didn't want to show children not being believed by adults, you know, just in case children want to report, you know, being molested or whatever. And so again, though, I, when I'm watching it, I'm not going big birds, a kid. And this is his imaginary friend. I honestly, if you asked me when I was a kid, I bet I would have been like, how can Snuffleupagus be imaginary if I see him? Like, I don't think I was a genius, guys. I don't think I really thought it through that much that, oh, Big Bird's a kid. Snuffy is imaginary. Um, I can see him because there's because I'm seeing it through Big Bird's eyes. Do you think I wasn't sophisticated enough to get that? I think I was always like, I don't get why no one else can see him. Maybe adult, I don't, Maybe I just thought like people can't see him because I don't remember other Muppets coming along and going, who the fuck are you talking to? You know, not that they talked like that. Would be great if they did though. But like adults would come along and be like, I don't remember. Guys, I don't remember. I was four years old. Anyway, this woman wrote to me, Jen, uh, I just read your comments on Twitter about how you thought Big Bird was an adult and I totally thought he was too. I guess I always thought he was an adult with a mental illness. So I think that's probably worse somehow. Is Sesame Street supposed to be all kid puppets? This is new information to me, Megan. No, uh, Bert and Ernie, clearly adults because they have their own apartment. Oscar the Grouch, I think is an adult. I don't think they'd have a child unhoused grouch in a trash can. God, that's my favorite Dave Chappelle joke. If we can just... Remember when Dave Chappelle was funny, he had this joke and it's just the way he says it. And, and it's, he's just talking about how everyone is so mean to him on Sesame Street. Like, Oscar, you live in a trash can. Why are you such, no, Oscar, you're such a grouch. And he's like, bitch, I live in a trash can. <laughs> like, I could just laugh. That and Adele Dazim by John Travolta. Bitch, I live in a trash can. And Adele Dazim, like, if nothing's going on in my mind, and either one of those runs through my brain, I will fucking laugh out loud, tears running down my face in public. I mean, it's just so funny. Anyway, so Megan, no, I don't think everyone's a kid. Uh, I think, but even like Elmo, they have baby Elmo. Okay, so now that's telling me Elmo's an adult. Grover, not sure. All the Muppets that are in the band. Now I'm confusing Muppets and Sesame Street. I know it's all the same, but see, Megan, I don't know. Big Bird, again, I think it's big. The movie Tom Hanks, big, means he became a kid uh, in an adult's body. Big. Why don't they call it kid bird? They really fucked up. They confused a generation of Gen Xers. Apparently not the people that follow me on Twitter. They know it all, I guess, but. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Jen, I just wanted to reach back because I shared my first open mic experience last time with you. Just wanted to share my recent experiences. So last time I signed up about a couple weeks ago and I bombed hard. <laughs> Congrats. I tried doing an edgy 9-11 joke. I'm a stupid kid from the Midwest, essentially, but it was a bad night in the wrong crowd. The joke did well on a different night, but I bombed hard the last, last time I signed up. Took some weeks off and lived life. I fucking murdered last night. It was so awesome. I recorded it on my phone and it's like the drug. And it's like a drug, the laugh. I want it. So I've been replaying my recording and seeing where I shine and where I want to do better. 
loving that feeling of murdering on stage, murdering in terms of I'm a newbie comic with four people in the crowd. Technically, it was my first time murdering, or at least a new goal of laughs. Last night was different and great. Feel like I have imposter syndrome discussing in therapy about it. All I know is and want to share. I don't know what that sentence meant. Last night was rad AF, and I think I want to run and keep going. Those laughs were drugs. I get it now. Thank you, Matt. Well, Matt, you know, I never had that, the laughter is a drug thing. I really didn't. I mean, I can't say that it didn't feel good, but it felt, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it because I don't, but I just felt like the laughter was like, okay, we agree with you with at least what you're saying or you should be there. And it was like a, you just like, you, if you never got a laugh and you did it for months, it would be a sign maybe you're not funny or it's not for you or you haven't figured something out. And if if you're never getting a laugh, then, you know, how do you know where to turn? How do you know how to get funny or whatever? And so I imagine it's really tough. So I, for me, the, the laughs are just a, a happy flip side of that, that I'm not experiencing that, but I never had the drug thing. Um, you know, I don't think you need to do an edgy 9-11 joke. Like, what's the point, you know? Um, you know, I love to talk about 9-11 here on the No Fun Podcast. And even on my latest episode of Anxiety Bites, I, I actually have a great discussion with the woman I interviewed, Dr. Luana Marquez, about um, when I had anxiety back in my 20s and and what I wish a therapist had told me back then about thinking, aha, 9-11 happened and I was right and planes can hit buildings and buildings can fall and I'm doing good by avoiding both things. And anyway, so that's kind of an interesting thing if you want to listen to that. But anyway, Matt, we'll keep going. I'm glad you're having fun. I think that's the main part. Um, you know, I think important unsolicited advice from me is try to have fun beyond the feeling of those like loving the laughs because um, eventually you'll, you'll get to I think it's important to listen to the audience, of course, but then eventually, I think it takes a couple of years, you get into a groove where you know for yourself what's funny and you know, oh, they just didn't get it or I didn't do it right, but that's who I am. And, you know, uh, you know, and that might change over and over, but at least for the time being, you might be right about it and uh, enjoy it for yourself, right? There's a lot of intricate little things about what we love about doing stand-up and it really does go nicely hand in hand with like growing and changing and becoming a person in the world and an adult, you know, and good that you're talking about the imposter syndrome and therapy. You know, my only advice with that is like, you're taking some, like, this is not a therapy advice, but just like, you know, we're having a beer advice. It's like when I don't relate to imposter syndrome because I just don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's not because I think I belong everywhere either. It's just, I'm always like, fuck it. Like every, no one else is, I'm always sort of like, yeah, I deserve to be here because there's people worse than me and better than me. And this is where I landed right now. And like, fuck it, I'll do it, you know? Um, so I always feel like if someone feels like an, an imposter at something, they must be taking that thing too seriously. It's like, you're not an imposter. <clears throat> you're just a dude doing some open mics and getting some laughs. You know, you got to right size it, as they say. And like, for me, if it's like, if I felt like an imposter writing on a TV show, it's like, I'm not winning awards here, fucking, you know, being called like the greatest writer that I've, it's just like, I'm just a wheel and a cog at a writing show. Like, why would I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But anyway, I'm sure that is not necessary at all. Um, this person wrote me, now I don't know if they want me to 
read this out loud? Well, I think I will anyway. Hi, Jen. I hope this finds you well. So you mentioned that you never wrote Norm Macdonald back out of fear, and that is what compelled me to write this. Though the name is different, I was the plucky little trans boy named Alex the Kid with stars in his eyes who was all over your email and Facebook group back when that was a thing. Back in those days, you used to tell me that a lot of the things I was freaking out about were just going to sort themselves out as I kept working, that a lot of things I would just come to understand with age and experience. Well, I am no longer sleeping on a pile of coats on the floor working for $5 at bars that treated me like crap. I live in a comfortable downtown apartment with everything I need, and I make all of my money from shows. Not comedy shows, karaoke shows, drag shows, vaudeville shows. Basically, I write songs and get into Prince drag and get paid way too much to play them by audience members who miss live shows. And I'll be damned if these kids, fresh out of college, aren't all up in my DMs the way I used to be in yours, asking for the secret behind achieving this life. Now I get what you mean when you said to me all those years ago that there was no secret. It's literally like anything. It's about not quitting or letting the lifestyle burn you out. (laughs) I'm raising my hand here as someone who's quitting because the lifestyle burned her out, but that's okay. Um, Well, I haven't written to you in a few years because I've been living the life. I can't believe it's been a few years. I totally remember you um, doing the thing, but because I only know what you tell us. I don't want to have to live through the why didn't I write her to tell it tell her thank you when I had the chance moment. Okay, now I'm like, wait, am I going to drop dead of cancer? Like, you're scaring me now. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your advice. Thank you for bringing me together with Rachel, who is still one of my closest best friends here in Denver. Now, I'm not sure how I did that. Maybe it had something to do with the Facebook group. Um, And thank you for giving me Destination Wedding, which is still a go-to self-soothing ritual for me. Guys, that's a great movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. The acting's a little weird. And you're like, is this movie bad? And you can't tell. It's just kind of cool. Okay. A fan since literal childhood, Innocence Kills Alex the Kid formerly. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to hear from you. And thank you for being a Patreon supporter. And, uh, oh, sorry. You said you attached a song and a picture. I saw the picture. I think I missed the song somehow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Um, not that I would play your thing on the air without permission, but, uh, or that I would play anything on air. Cause I don't even know if I can do that anyway. Jen, any reasonably priced vanilla soy candles? Thanks for the soot info it's from Steph. I think I emailed her back directly, but I said Lulu Candles, L-U-L-U is the name of the company. I think they have a vanilla one. Vanilla is like not my go-to flavor. And then PF Candle Company is a great company and they have soy candles. But I don't know. These are these candles are all like 25 and under. I don't know if that's too expensive or not enough. Uh, or, and then there's a Public Goods um, is another brand of candle. I don't. I, again, I don't know if any of these have vanilla, but just in case anyone was wondering... Those are some good soy candle brands. Um, they come in like jars or not. They're not um, like pillars on their own. But the 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 jars of all these brands are really cute and you can use them, reuse them for other things and they're glass and blah, blah, blah. Jen, I just listened to Ruminations and Fears episode on Patreon. I don't even know what episode that is. And felt compelled to write in. I'm too shy to comment on Patreon, but just wanted to say I always find listening to you an inspiring and uplifting experience. I unpatreoned a few months ago after a big move. Yeah, I, f- I feel that. And I just repatreoned a few days ago. Thank you. Ooh, ooh, 
just in time for my big move. I'm so excited for the anxiety podcast to come out. Oh, sorry. This must be like a month old. And I hope you keep doing the no fun podcast. Oh, I will. I need to for a living. Whatever you do, I'm always in, been listening since 2015, 2014. There's no way you've been doing the podcast that long. Oh yeah, since 2013. I know. Found you from Drunk History, then listened to your first album on Spotify and been a fan ever since. Never been to a show and was glad I could support on Patreon. Probably not your biggest gay fan, but a gay fan nonetheless, Garrett. Thank you, Garrett. Maybe you are. Who knows? Uh, This was somebody, so somebody wrote me back a while ago about this therapy thing called, uh, they, that they call hooks. Like something gets you not hooked, like I'm hooked on drugs, but it gets you annoyed and you kind of, oh, whatever. Dear Jen, loved you on Chelsea lately, but I've only caught back up with you during COVID when I finally got into Netflix and found your specials. I joined the Patreon this summer. Guys, I'm not just reading Patreon emails. Um, immediately after reading and loving your book, I can barely take care of myself. I've still been mostly isolating due to a chronic illness and living in a community where many people aren't masking. Oh God, I'm sorry. So I've really enjoyed the dynamic of feeling like it's a conversation with a friend. You've helped me to feel a little less lonely, so thank you. I'm also so excited about the Anxiety Bites podcast. It's off to an excellent start, and I've been recommending it to others. Oh, you're a gem. In your most recent episode, and again, this is a few episodes ago, you guys, you read the email about, quote, hooks and asked us to email you about ours. Things like the example from the child-free woman used to really get to me as a child-free person as well. And it was great advice to take a deeper look at our reactions to things, which is what I did with that. Once I realized it set me off because I felt shame about my choice, despite knowing wholeheartedly it was the right choice for me, it took some work, but I was able to release that shame. Then the careless words of others on that topic stopped being hooks for me. It's still annoying, but when not channeling all of my energy into resisting the urge to wring someone's neck, I can politely correct and educate instead. That's better for everyone. In fact, I'd only hurt myself if I actually tried to wring someone's neck due to my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, sorry if I said that wrong, EDS, which brings me to the thing that can still be a hook for me, people's insensitivity about my disability and chronic illnesses. EDS is genetic, and although I wasn't diagnosed until my 30s, because most doctors know nothing about it, I've been symptomatic since childhood. That translates to a lifetime of bullying and dismissals related to my health. And I'm sure you can imagine that dealing with this as a kid, I developed a lot of very unhealthy coping skills. Therapy has helped a lot for me to manage the big emotions in much healthier ways. And I was doing pretty well until COVID and people's flagrant disregard for my health and the health of others resurfaced some of these things I thought I had a good handle on. I've been realizing I had this gap that therapy didn't touch. And I had a light bulb moment during your Anxiety Bites podcast that although therapy helped me immensely, it focused on my depression and did not give me sufficient tools for my anxiety. This left me vulnerable in a couple of ways, leaving me susceptible to hooks related to one of the things I have the most anxiety and emotions around, my health. Something surprising that has been helping me cope and release some of these hooks during COVID is social media. Social media gets a bad rep for plenty of valid reasons, but it has upsides, and I have benefited immensely from following some incredible disability advocates online. They have helped me to recognize the role my own internalized ableism plays in my anxiety and in my response to ableist words and actions, and have empowered me by giving me permission to claim the label of disabled, an issue for me because 
I have what's known as an invisible disability, which has some privileges and some challenges. And these advocates have given me the language to better identify and communicate my needs, feelings, experiences, and rights. Even learning the term ableism, giving a name to this thing I've experienced since childhood, has been empowering. Most of these advocates are millennials, and their drive and active efforts to improve our world give me great hope for the future. This is perhaps too long to read on the podcast, but if you do any of it, you are welcome to use my first name, Lauren. And for what it's worth, a couple of my favorite disability advocates on Instagram are at crutches underscore and underscore spice and at Annie Laney, A-N-N-I-E-E-L-A-I-N-E-Y. I think they are my favorites because of their humor. I appreciate you and your work. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, I figured, you know what? Shout out those people. You know, I feel the same way about social media. I It, it is bad in a lot of ways and I have... It's caused me a lot of stress, but I really love it in some ways because same as you, I get to follow people on Twitter that either teach me new things and, and it's not as direct a, a correlation as, as you have a, a disability and and these people talk about that, but it's, it's even more like even political things that I don't write about anymore, but I think about other people go off about it and, and uh, they just hold a space. They don't even know they're doing it, but they hold a space for what I'm thinking, but just don't want to get into on Twitter and and uh, I've learned a lot too from younger people and, you know, putting names to things is so, it's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. When there's a name for something, it means it's not just you, right? There wouldn't be a name for something if, if something was just you. And I've really loved learning about, even in my anxiety stuff, I've even loved, I don't know, I just, I totally get what you're saying and then, and, um, yeah, I'm glad you got something out of realizing that like, oh shit, like people's reactions to, I mean, just in general, like you said, during COVID, like people's just inability to care about other people's health, that's going to kick up some anxiety that's going to be new and maybe wasn't what you were focusing on in therapy. So I love your flexibility, which is what I talked to a professor about recently. Um, he wrote a book about trauma and he will be on the Anxiety Bites podcast at some point, I don't have a lot of men on the podcast, so I try to space them out. Um, it's been very strange that not a lot of men have said yes to being on the show. I've asked tons of men. Uh, so anyway, but flexibility is a big key for the resilience of humans. And it sounds like you're flexible in that sense where it's like, oh, wait, maybe I need to look at this or, you know, whatever. You don't need me going on and on about it anyway. I think that brings us to the end of our episode. I hope this was fun. Again, link in the show notes if you want that merchandise, if you want that Patreon. Send me an email about anything you heard on the show. I seem fun at gmail.com within reason. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's it. Until next week, have fun. Have fun.